everyone and welcome to another episode of the banter pub fc podcast the sauciest team in the game and the spiciest takes on the pitch in the pub today we have franca we have ama we have joseph and we have neil uh and early apologies we know on twitter that we acknowledged that um there was going to be um an episode this week and or two episodes this week and we had a little bit of technical difficulties and we we are we are sorry that we left you without a podcast to listen to but guess what we back in this motherfucker so we're here and you know we're gonna get cracking uh with uh a little bit of a prem update uh to start us off so uh as of this recording uh there were some i think I, you know, uh, week one has occurred and we're in the middle as of this recording of week two. Um, and there's been some significant uh, games, uh, some 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 early shots, as it as it were, as far as the table is concerned. Um, and yeah, it's pretty interesting uh, to see uh, how quickly um, teams like Arsenal and uh, Leeds um, and even Everton have kind of taken the literal ball. Uh, some would say it's deflated, some would say it's smaller, because uh, it's certainly different, and it's allowed for more goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, and yeah, I think this, uh, because this season is so condensed, I think it's going to provide some interesting uh, results. And there's been a significant amount of goals. I, I don't, I don't know the stat as of, Again, we're in the middle of week two of, as of this recording, but there's been a significant uptick in goals this year. Uh, the uh, goalkeeper percentage or goals disallowed um, by keepers has uh, is significantly lowered, um, and there's several factors as to why that is. Um, there are a lot more playmakers in the Prem right now playing at all different kinds of positions. Uh, there are some players that are back. Uh, in in the prem, uh, whether whether they're on loan or back full time. So, let's get started, folks. What do you think? Um, so, you know, Arsenal uh, had some transfer work that they had to take care of. Uh, Man, uh, Manchester United did too. At as of this recording, uh, Bale and um, Regulon are actually both Spurs players. As of this recording, Aubameyang signed a team, and he has signed an extension. And with that, um, I'm curious how the Gunners on the episode today feel about not just Aubameyang signing the team, but also how they feel about the upcoming uh, North London Derby that's coming up in a few months uh, with uh, Spurs' new signings. Do they think it's going to be a threat? Ama, Joseph, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we're never scared of Spurs in the Derby. Oh, who? Where? <laughs> Where? Never scared. What, what club? Fam, Ama, please translate for me. Did did I did he just say? Um, do we? Uh, did he put Spurs and threat in the same sentence together like that? Is that possible? Like, wait, hold on. Where is my dictionary? This doesn't make no sense. Wait. <laughs> yeah, we're never scared. Um, but I will I will say I am excited about the the Obama Yang signing. That that matters a whole lot. That was probably the most significant signing we could make in this window, uh, because extending him locks him down, shows ambition, and we're pretty sure that he would not have agreed to sign his final big time contract um, if the club did wasn't planning wasn't showing ambition to him, and so. We are. We acknowledged prior on a prior episodes how magnificent Mikel Arteta has been um, since taking the reins and riding the ship, as it were, um, with the limited resources available. And so, Aubameyang signing is just a signal of our current strength and our intention to improve uh, going forward. So it provides a, a 
a safety blanket as far as goals are concerned. And, and uh, that gives us a lot of confidence. We know that whether we play well or we play poorly, we're going to get a goal um, in any game. I think that's the thing that I like the most about today's win, um, if we're taking any positives from this match, because it was turgid at times. But I will say this, the side never panicked. And you and I talked about this earlier, Armour, where even when they equalized at halftime, still came out and stuck to the plan. When Mikel Antonio, um, Antonio hit the bar, still stuck to the plan. Like, they were unflappable. And then it just took one killer move, which we have seen them do time and again when it, com- when it comes time to come up with the goals to get the results. Like, Arteta has got these men playing some seriously disciplined football. I just really hope that people are paying attention to how the culture has changed. You look at from when Emery came in, things were disjointed, certainly a form of like disharmony, uh, disharmony between the manager and the rest of the, the rest of the lads uh, who played for the first team and things of that nature. There wasn't really any structure there, but I give Emery credit for having at least brought in the crucial pieces that we're definitely using now. Like he at least had the vision to do that. Fast forward now to get into Mikel, uh, Mikel Arteta and the manager's just done a bang up job. He had to just simply focus on what the side needed to do more rather than who was missing. And that, once he solidified that, it was just a case of bringing in the players that we needed to go ahead and continue to build on that. The Aubameyang um, signing is pretty much the crown jewel of their business in this transfer window. And I'm really pleased with how Arsenal have come in leaps and bounds on and off the pitch in the midst of a global pandemic. Because let's forget, no, sorry, let's not forget, excuse me, that we are in the midst of a global pandemic still. And it's just really, really, it's just, it's just, it's just, everything is clicking. I love the way that they're playing right now. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty today, but it was effective. And that I think is the moral of this here story. You know, the foundation is definitely there and getting better all the time. Facts. And so while we have that, you know, the uh, Obama Yang signing there, you know, done and dusted, we do have the transfer of Emmy Martinez to uh, Aston Villa. Yeah. You know, this one's a heartbreaker because he's such a wonderful goalkeeper. He stepped up when and did a much better job than anyone had any reason to expect from him. He allowed us to finish the season with our heads held high, helped us win two trophies, not one, but two, uh, before he took off. And he's, you know, Arsenal through and through at this point, 10 plus years at the at the Arsenal. And um, it hurt to see him leave, but he absolutely deserves to play first team football in the Prem. He's he is that quality. Um, he demonstrated it for the entire world to see, and um, he deserves. Yeah, there's every, absolutely every no opportunity. Question no question there. I just it was a perfect storm of things that kind of brought about the kind of like the the emotional departure. First of all, Aston Villa need a goalkeeper. <laughs> That's just the straight facts. They can't rely on Pepe Reina for another season to keep them up. Not after last season. It's just not going to happen. So, like, they need somebody who can definitely hold it together in betwixt the sticks. Who better now than who's ready for that first team, you know, leap than Emi Martinez? Like, he's better than Sergio Romero is in far as Argentine goalkeepers in the Premier League are concerned. And I dare say that if he keeps up this form, he has to be in with a shout for starting for his country. So, like, it's just a matter of time for him. I really felt like you've got that element. You've got the fact that Emmy, as you mentioned earlier, needs first team football. If we're not able to give it to him because Leno's back, then we already know what time it is. I do feel like we should have gotten more than 20 million for him, but I understand that, you know, times is hard for everybody. Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) This is the Premier League after, (laughs) after all, but yeah, like it just felt like we weren't going to be able to keep him even if we wanted to. Like, we would have stifled his growth. We wouldn't have been able to give him the consistent football that he needed. Aston Villa is, you know, on paper, maybe not the best place to send him. But if anybody can keep him up and anybody can get as many points as, say, Jack Grealish and the rest of them man there, it's Emmy Martinez. So, Emmy, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. You've been an absolute revelation, mate. Like, I really hope that you go on to continue doing what you did for us elsewhere because you're amazing. So thank you. Yeah, and 
he's a number two that sh- deserves to be a number one, just like uh, Dean Henderson at Manchester United, who's who's back. Mm-hmm. And maybe 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 Neil has something to say about uh, how Man- Manchester United uh-huh. are doing. In the- <laughs> Very, yeah. Okay, all right, that's enough. Wow. That's enough. That's you men have problems. Yeah, we're going to talk about them. Thank you, <laughs> Arsenal contingent from North London. We don't need to hear your mouths anymore. Anyway, um, so, Franca, obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, um, United, just... United, United played. Um, we uh, we uh, played Crystal Palace, and uh, it wasn't the game that we expect it wasn't the result we expected uh mm. obviously you know we i think we expected to start the season strong i think united expected to actually you know based on the starting 11 i thought oh well we're gonna actually gonna do something offensively and you know our new signing mm-hmm. did our new signing did but our chances were not there mm-hmm. um you know it was just all over the place and you know your punching bag, you know your favorite punching bag on Man- <laughs> on, on you know on, on manchester united ddg was not uh up to snuff he was but, not and uh you know he got two penalties um one that should not have been a penalty frankly uh because there yeah. because despite the fact that lindelof was spun like a top all over the pitch uh, after this game um, or during this game, uh, it's clear that uh, that was not a handball. Um, I mean, I mean, it, true. And then you just look at, um, you know, they could have just done more <laughs> to yeah. not even be worrying about it. Right. And I mean, I feel like, at least the one uh, De Gea mistake was real bad. I don't think they should have had to retake the penalty. That was absurd. Because um, he wasn't even off the line. But No, you know. he wasn't. And that rule is absolutely, it's completely like subjective. It's like it, the way it's used is absurd. Um, but yeah, I mean, just disappointment. I mean, sadness. Yeah, you, it was, it, it, you it, hate it, to see it. it, it not not only do we hate to see it something else we hate to see is you know as united supporters is the fact that our board has kind of is <sighs> so far off the plot um as it relates to just signing players in the actual window and now we're going to be potentially signing an additional player in de- desperation and they're really only going to have 2 weeks to it's mesh going to be and it's just awesome. not going to be Mm-mm. good. Um, Listen, I'm not to be dramatic, but like it is not a good time to be a United fan right now. I'll say that it does not feel good. We've got the worst third kit in the league. And now we started our season like this. I mean, it was just I, I, it, I mean, what do you do? I mean, heartbreak, heartbreak. Um, but, you know, yeah. And I think what makes matters worse is our recently promoted rivals in Leeds. Bielsa's um, back, baby. Uh, exactly. Uh, no Bielsa, no least, party. No Bielsa, uh, no party. I at least what? had. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I was just going to swing into my thing. Like, I at least had one. I know how you feel about Leeds, and I feel the same way, obviously, but Bielsa overrides all of that for me so i at least got to celebrate that win um because it's exciting i mean aside from so obviously in their first game um they gave liverpool a run for their money for sure that game was the most exciting of the first weekend and then today was just like i think today was was an indictment of how they're going to play for the rest of the time like i think there's gonna be um it's going to be um, a promoted side that doesn't play like a promoted side. Cause we're seeing how like Fulham's playing, you know, how like West Brom's playing, like yep. Leeds does not look like a side that was just in championship. Um, and it's all because of Bielsa. I mean, I watched that first game at a Bielsa party, um, which was so awesome. And just, it's nice to see 
South America represented. It's nice to see him be respected by most folks. If we have seen, sorry to bring this back down to depression, um, xenophobia appear yes. um, on the webs, but by some pretty significant folks with significant following, um, just, you know, criticizing his English, equating that with with intelligence. So, you know, if he's that smart, uh, why doesn't he speak English? Which, first of all, he does. So, like, how much more xenophobic can you get than assuming that your colonizing ass language is some sort of, you know, equivalence for smart? Like, the man is brilliant. He speaks English and sometimes chooses to have a, a translator because he'd rather get his sentiments out of respect for English speakers. He'd rather get his sentiments across correctly. And sometimes he's even corrected his translator. And so the xenophobia um, has got to have no place, people. And it wasn't just him. There's tons of tweets about it. Um, and just the the lack of, you know, of like accepting that football, it's its own language. Football is not just a sport. It's a language. And if you speak it, it doesn't matter what... How, you know, how you communicate linguistically, because you can communicate on the pitch, you can communicate to your players. And clearly he's doing an amazing job at that. So um, hate to see Except that. The <laughs> there is no. What was the tweet? It was like, there is no defense, just vibes. Um, and I love it. I hate that anti-football style of like park the bus defensive, you know, boring. This is going to be a season with goals. I want to see that Bielsa ball. I want to see that attacking game. And I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, Ama, Joseph, I know I know you both. I know I know we all watch all those games. Um, you know, um, Leeds is surprising. Uh, the way in which they're, uh, the, the, the attacking that they employ is exciting. Um, defense, again, as Franca said, not so much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, offensively, they've actually been surprising. Another team that has been surprising, Joseph, I know this goes back to a few episodes ago for you and I. Mm-hmm. We talked about mm-hmm. and, uh, We're seeing what they're doing. I told you, man, that Everton were dangerous. <laughs> I just had to get out of my system. I'm serious about this. This, this you got to take him seriously, Neil. you got to. I don't, I don't understand it. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is, like, the striker right now. Like, just He's reading... Into the, it, 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 he got a hat trick today. Today. And, and a race of, last week. A race <laughs> last week. And his goal today, and and one of his goals today was a was a back heel into the back of the net. <laughs> like, granted, it was a tap in. Uh, I just, no. I just don't understand why we do this every single time. Carlo Ancelotti, when he came in in an interim position for Chelsea, won silverware with Chelsea. Okay, if he had stayed there, probably would have cleaned up. That's what he does. He goes to Napoli now. Again, not only puts them in position to win domestic silverware, but also gets them back into Europe. And then on top of that, gets them to be a serious threat in Europe. And then on top of that, gets them to actually push for the league, for the Scudetto. Like, this guy is, wherever he's gone, from, he's, he's not really topped his, like, when he was in his prime at AC Milan. But everywhere that he has gone, he has made the club better. And now we are here. He's got new sharp pieces in Jaimez Rodriguez. He's got Allen. He's got Decore. He's got Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing better than he did under, uh, was it Kuman? I think it was his predecessor, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he's got Mason Holgate playing fantastically well. He's still getting the best out of Leighton Baines. He's got uh, Mina playing better th- for his club than he usually does for his country. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like... Please take Everton seriously. I'm so sincere. I know everybody wants to come with their chat talking about it's overrated, but we literally were here when Liverpool got off to a blinder last season. We did this with Leicester when they went on to win the Premier League. Please stop acting like Everton aren't out here for blood. They are. And I give them full credit. And hopefully, 
we can silence the red half of Ma- uh, Liverpool. Hopefully, this is a win-win situation for everybody involved. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> while I, 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 I'm not opposed to that kind of silence, I also am not on the bandwagon with Everton. I think they, they played well today. I think their signings show ambition. I think the style of play will continue to evolve and they'll be more lethal up front, but I expect them to be the same Everton when push comes to shove. They will collapse one way or another. Hamas will not complete the season. Um, Gary Mina will let in. I think I've, did I say this already? I think he was, he's going to score an own goal and let in two nutmegs for goals. Uh, before the season is through, I don't rate the I don't rate their defense, and I I don't see them as having a winning enough culture. They'll be mid table when this is all said and done, fighting for a Europa spot like we were last season. Um, and even though they've improved and they're playing better, I, I wish a lot of the players uh, good luck, but I don't expect them to maintain this level as the games continue to come thick and fast. And no, oh, by the way, Mick Dennis, suck on these. Yeah, suck him on in it. Yeah. Yeah. You Mick. Yeah. No one asked for you. No one checked for you. No one sent for you. No one did anything, really, to you. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and take your gammon-looking ass home. Shut the fuck up. All right? It doesn't matter whether their command of English is as good as yours. It really doesn't. Because at the end of the day, he's in a much more influential position than you. And you're just a wrinkly old racist. So, you know, suck your mum. Find the biggest straw that you can, yeah? The biggest one. Um, I don't care who manufactures it. Just find the biggest straw that you can. Exhume your presumably dead mother. And suck your mum in it, because that's what you should be doing. Like nobody asked you for shit in it. Just fuck off. That that's pretty much all that needs to be said. We're not even going to go into the actual diatribe that you said, because what you said is irrelevant. <laughs> Bialsa is the important person. You, sir, are just a wrinkly old racist. That's it. Suck your mum. That's it. And when we come back after this quick break. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about some hyper-local clubs making some hyper-local moves, some exciting moves. See you on the other side of this break. The goddamn sauce. Nine different flavors, same goddamn feeling. Share our passion for sauce and discover the full goddamn range at www.thegdsauce.com. Hashtag up. Welcome back. So now we're going to talk about a really cool collab. Uh, You may have seen some hype around this because it is literally like the collab of the of the summer of the season of the year. Um, It's probably the the drippiest kit that's dropped in a while, in my opinion. I can't wait to uh, to get mine. So we're going to highlight we're going to talk about um a small local club that's doing great things um, called Motoric Alexandria and a a, a big supporters group. We can't call them small um, that surpasses team that surpasses rivalry, which is the plastics SG, which is they're a friend of the pod. They're a friend of our hosts. Um, just wonderful people who give spaces to um, otherwise disenfranchised folks, um, women, LGBTQ folks, um, trans folks. Everyone's welcome to sit with the plastics. And so when this collab first was announced, um, I kind of run with the plastics. So I had known for a little bit that this was happening and I just patiently waited and waited and waited until it was finally okay to announce that Motoric an actual real football team um, was doing a kit with and for the plastics that they're actually going to wear in real life. This is not a merch drop. This is not um, something that's just happening for, you know, a superficial collab. No, these men are going to play in these goth kits 
with tons of pink accents. There's a little pride flag on it. They are unapologetically collaborating, supporting the plastics and all of the work that they do um, to bring a voice to the voiceless, which I think is so exciting. Um, The kit, by the time this episode drops, it should be live for you to pre-order. The second I saw it a couple of weeks ago, I I asked if I could pre-pre-order it. They said no, but you know, I just, I have to wait and order um, with everyone else, I guess. Um, but the second it drops, um, I'm ready to to order 10 of them. It's so sexy. You guys have to check it out. Um, go to the Plastics Twitter at the Plastics underscore SG. Um, and there's plenty of of um, announcements, plenty of images of it. And we just love to see the soccer community come together um for those voices that typically are either left out or um or erased or made fun of or in any way kind of excluded this is something that goes beyond again just like making cute merch it's something that's actually going to make a real difference and speaking of making a difference our um friend and and co-host and and my personal partner in crime and 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 Bay um, Joseph has an announcement to make regarding these kits. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what you're doing? Well, um, thank you, Franco. That was wonderful. It was lovely. Um, so here I was, you know, like taking in these kits, and I just want to go ahead and say for posterity's sake, I'd been I'd been following the plastics mutually. I want to say. Eh, It's been a while. I think we're touching on a year if we haven't passed one already, right? Now, I didn't know who was behind the plastics until Franca came to, this is a brief history for you, came to us here at um, at the Banter Pub FC, then brought me into the whole entanglement stuff, then introduced me to the other people made up entanglement, and it was right then and there that I met Varedia, Catherine, Meredith, Danielle, and and it's just like, it's weird how all of these things start to come together in a line. So it was when, fast forward to now, obviously, in deep in terms of rapport and things of that nature, you know, we're vibing, no defense, just vibes. And um, what happens is um, I had an idea when I saw that kit. I was just like, oh, man, I can't just get this for me. Nah, I got to get this for another black queer like me. So I presented an idea saying to them that I wanted to write a personal letter on top of that to be included with my shipment. Could you get me like in contact with the people at Motorik and things of that nature? Um, a lot, also, shout out to Icarus, who are right here in Philly, uh, where I'm based also. Um, and that is, I just wanted to do something like really, 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 um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to act on the thing that I said in my, uh, in my uh, essay for Monstrous Regiments, the Bible. Um, and that was, that I wanted, if I wanted to reach anybody, just please let it be. And the black bisexual like me, if it, it just, even if it's just one of us, then job well done. And it just, after life getting in the way and finally me being able to get out of a place where I'm no longer just surviving, I can finally do a little bit of thriving. And there was much thriving you can do in the global pandemic. I wanted to just do this nice thing. So when I bounced this idea off of everybody within the plastics entanglement, everybody was just like, Okay, how, but how can I be down? And I was just like, whoa. It's just like, it, you get so humbled when you, somebody like responds to an idea that you get that they want to do it as well. Like the, the reciprocity is amazing. Now it's this, Operation Fierce Love. Here's the deal. We didn't just want to do this for one black LGBTQ football fan that feels two things. One, they can't afford the shirt, but we really want one. Two, they feel a bit isolated in terms of where they can go and, you know, who they flex with in terms of like, you know, supporters groups, because in football culture, it's virulently homophobic, transphobic and racist. We're not going to make any excuses about that. It's difficult out here for us, but we're out here. So it's just like, how many more people can we reach? And everybody was definitely with that idea. How many letters can we send, including shipments? How many shirts can we sponsor? Can we amass and get together and do this like communal effort? to get as many shirts out. And that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> we launched it, um, I think it was a Wednesday last week. Um, and within, it's not even been 36 hours at the time of recording. 
and we've already gotten a serious response from people um for transparency's sake we put the original goal for about a thousand dollars we're already at one thousand two hundred and sixty dollars donated i just want you guys to understand something we're serious about getting these shirts and these letters out to people we want to hear from you as well i will make sure that um we get those details out there but thank you so much first and foremost and second of all can we keep this going i want to make sure that every single black queer football fan out here has one of these shirts so that they know like the plastics say and where they derived their catchphrase from catch it if you can you can sit with us like this space is absolutely about that that's the reason why i love the plastic so much so yeah that's the project in a nutshell operation fierce love don't forget the hashtag um you'll see it flying around the place on twitter but Get through to me. I'm at T, uh, the, uh, the Oracle, which is spelled T-H-E-A-U-R-A-C-L-3. Uh, the Plastics, who is at the Plastics underscore SG. Um, look out also for uh, Motorik FC and um, Icarus as well. They'll no doubt um, be sharing some of that stuff as well. But the hashtag is Operation Fierce Love, one word. If you can donate... You'll find the GoFundMe, GoFundMe link there. Please spare what you can. The more money that we have, the more shirts we can sponsor. That's absolutely what we're doing. Also consider writing a letter to be included in those shipments. Please believe your boy is going to be doing as much as he possibly can to reach as many people as possibly can. Shout out to Ebony, Natalie, Tom. Shout out to Valeria, Catherine, Meredith. Shout out to everybody who's um, made this happen. Shout out to Nicole. Goddamn shout out to Nicole um just this is big we're trying to create community within community we're carving out our niche we want a place that within a community we know that we can still be our full selves whilst we're supporting our respective favorite football clubs and getting into the game that we love so much We've always been here. Now we're making it official. We're establishing that. I know there's been plenty of work that's been done from the players that have come out publicly to the supporters that have got behind initiatives and done communal outreach and things of that nature. Shout out to all of you. You know who you are. But the work still needs to continue. And I felt compelled to at least bounce this idea off of like-minded individuals. The plastics is perfect for it in terms of how um, inclusive they are of queer, uh, femme, non-binary identifying supporters this was always something that needed to happen and i'm glad that i'm in and amongst like-minded people to make this happen um i will shoot the link or we'll put it in the description of the uh, episode or something to that effect we'll work out the details you'll know where to look for but please share it if you can't donate consider writing a letter if you can or can't donate and if you can please please help us we want to make a massive impact and we want to make sure that queer black football supporters know three things when this operation is all done and dusted you are loved you are cherished and your existence is more than valid without it the world would be a much darker place and that's it so keep it locked stay tuned and uh yeah we'll keep uh, you abreast of all updates as we have them Thank you, Joseph. Indeed. Uh, it's time to go to the COVID, COVID palooza at the Copa Libertadores and a few uh, other places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just came up with that song. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's hilarious and it's also kind of ridiculous that we had to come up with a name for it because what is going on? What is going on? Things are crazy. So we had a couple weeks ago, PSG had some COVID positive cases, but where it gets really insane, which is why I jumped in because this is my team, unfortunately, um, Copa Libertadores is back, baby. Now... Yeah. Now, this is that real, this is that good, good, right? We're talking South American football. We're talking bullet holes in the visiting teams, buses. This is no, this is no joke. 
football, right? But I think none of that pretty stuff around here. <laughs> I, I think you man will get murdered. Do you yeah, understand? No, it's it's no joke. <laughs> However, I think it's a little bit premature to be back like this, considering my team, Boca Juniors, traveled with nineteen positive COVID cases. Conmebol, the con the confederation was like, oh, y'all want to, you just, yeah, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You want to just travel with 19 positive cases? Okay. And they gave them permission. That's right. Um, the but, least but, of but, the news is that they won their game. So right. awesome. <laughs> um, we out here winning games with that COVID. So I just don't know. I don't know. I mean... That's crazy. Basically, uh, successful and irresponsible. <laughs> this is a very weird place to be. Yes. Like, hmm. I see. Well, I mean, I can't begrudge you your win. I just did wish you didn't actually travel with yeah. night. Night. <laughs> Let me make sure I got this number right. 19, 19 COVID cases? COVID cases. 19. Yeah. How many people are in the side that travel? <laughs> Probably 21. Oh, oh, no, maybe they are all dead. I don't want to give a fuck. Nah, they're it's, just like, okay, I'm glad you got your win in it. But this is Miss Rona. She doesn't do. fuck around. This is it. Enjoy this. Drink it in. Mm. Please believe. Cause Joseph, aren't you a Liverpool uh, or, or, or a uh, River Plate supporter? Never mind yeah. that. Don't talk about that. We're not talking about that. Mm. We're not talking I'm about that. No, no, no. I'm just nah, saying. I don't understand what River Plate has to do with you having 19 COVID positive cases. No, listen, cases, I'll be man. the first to call out this rivalry, but this is wow. legitimately not cool. <laughs> like, this is this is on another... This surpasses that whole thing because, fam, what are we doing? Yeah, you sang it at the top of the thing. We are about the COVID palooza. This is ridiculous. The like COVID. <laughs> Make sure, <laughs> make sure you send me that. Uh, make sure you send me that audio. Yeah, that needs to be on a. Yeah, that needs to be on the soundboard <laughs> for sure. That needs on the soundboard. I need that. I mean, I need that clip. just. I might clip it. Um, in sad news, Pinero didn't win their first game, but they won their game today in the league. So hopefully that means they're on the up and up, and we'll see how Copa Libertadores plays out. Somebody please check on these other teams that don't have COVID at the moment. <laughs> Has anyone checked on uh, on Colo Colo and uh, what what are we doing here? I mean, it's just insane. And meanwhile, on the other end of things, we've got people living in countries that take care of their citizens, and they're back to going to their team games, like in Bundesliga, which is like oh, fancy that. Wow! Can you? Who knew? I mean, like imagine taking care of your citizens, and you'd be able to go imagine sports safely. I mean, I couldn't be just, us, just imagine. But you know, yeah, like. Yeah, you know, it could have been it could have been the UK, it could have been the United States, but what we were playing. As per usual, we just thought, let's get everybody sick and we'll just roll it over. The usual, you know, hypermasculine nonsense and approach to serious things like this. But it just so happens, Franca, just wanted to point this out. Um, isn't Germany's uh leader is isn't she a woman? Is that is that right? Oh my do we, goodness. Do I have that right? Joseph, I yeah. think mm. you're right. Mm. I think you're right. Ooh. That is a country Ooh. led by a woman. Hmm, interesting. Oh. Interesting. Mm. And in and in all of the countries that are led by men, Franco, please correct me on this because again, I'm just a I'm just a cis cis man out here, you know. Mm. Take this with a grain of salt. But I seem to not as a pattern. All of the countries that are led by men, are they still not having fans in the stadiums? They're is there, still is, not having fans in the stadium or Oh, they're doing it despite mm. the COVID like we are, which is completely irresponsible. Um, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the whole thing is a cluster. Yeah, I see. So it, in that case, perhaps, and I'm just throwing this one out there, perhaps maybe it's not a reach to suggest that if we actually got our shit under control in, say, the UK, where the Premier League is, that we wouldn't see fans running around in the streets still spreading the goddamn disease around, perhaps if we had taken this seriously, we could be like the Bundesliga now where there are supporters in the stands. I think, is that, yes. is, it, it, I'm just, I think you've got okay. it. All I right, mean, it sounds good to me. Right. No, I just wanted to make sure because, you know, some of these men are acting like there's no correlation there, but I just wanted to kind of go over a few like home truths before we... Yeah, well, 
I mean, that's all valid. And I will, and I'll say that even with the fans coming back there, they're not going crazy. Like they're only allowing home fans in the Bundesliga game. So, um, so like, so the extra travel, um, that you would get like the ancillary spread is not happening. Social distancing, right? making sure they're wearing masks in the stadiums as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're taking precautions like it's not crazy they're not going just like oh let's act like it's not here they're still they were the first to come back and they have continued to kind of lead the way on how to do this thing right and unfortunately not enough uh governing bodies and governing (laughs) governing parties and governing administrations have done their part to um keep the people safe so we all are stuck uh, but let's get to watching the real, things like, on screens. And uh, these fans who are lucky enough to, you know, as Ama just pointed out, and Ama, we've seen some of the results um, that have transpired as far as the Bundesliga is concerned. One of, one of the biggest results was Bayern getting Shulk the fuck out of here as, they, as that fucking fascist guy. Club deserves, frankly. Um, Get get the blue side of get them out here. Go, they gotta go. Um, Get those blues. Another fascist blue club. Shocking. Get them out of here. Um, Real shame. How many? How how, how many goals was it? Eight. Eight. I just uh, this and this is a team that came off a league tie. Came off the triple. There is. I, they did the treble. They did do a treble. They won the Deutsche Pokal, if I remember rightly. They've won the Bundesliga, and then they won the Champions League as well. On top of that, crazy, really. And we also saw, um, you know, uh, Dortmund came off strong in their win. Ugh, uh, they beat my team. Monchen Gladbach. That was so my team since birth. I'm three months old. Um, that I just I, I pledged allegiance to last <laughs> a couple months ago. But um, I got a jersey and everything, and like I was so excited, and we lost to Dortmund. Well, Dortmund is German Peñarol, right? So I can't be too sad. Um, but I'm so, I like that league is a one team league. Like talk about you know everyone's like oh, but in in you know, whatever country, it's always one of two teams. Like they've got one team that has won the league for how long now? Like it's so boring. Like I watch it, but I can't, I just can't get into it. And, and, and that, and that one team lost Tiago to Liverpool and they got better. How, how does a team lose one of their most influential midfielders move Joshua Kimmich to the midfield and they get better. Joshua Kimmich has been playing. What other league does it happen in? Joshua Kimmich has been playing between right back and central midfield or central defensive midfield for a while. He's the like he's the new Philip Lahm in being the terms of utilitarian. There's oh, yeah. pretty much sure. nowhere that he can't play. But here's the thing about going back to Franka's point. The thing about the Bundesliga and what differs from say mm, the Scottish Premiership or even um like the Portuguese uh top flight or even the Liga to a certain degree is that their title races consistently have been close and closer and closer for the last three seasons. Last season, or at least, uh, yeah, last season before COVID came through and just wrecked wrecked shop, there were at least eight or nine clubs within three or four points of each other in order to win the league. I mean, that's nuts. I didn't know that that is like extremely competitive. So the Bundesliga definitely is a competitive league, but it's, it goes to show Bayern's dominance that they keep winning (laughs) <laughs> this thing because it's not as if people aren't coming for them it is like red bull leipzig is out here now um leverkusen is good again um friggin uh gladback is also punching above their weight um you've got uh, uh dortmund who are there thereabouts perhaps they might keep sancho perhaps not i don't know i don't think they're really that bothered about it at this point um like they there was just so many so many clubs in the bundesliga that can pull off a shock result and it's not even a shock anymore because you have to take your opposition seriously. With that said, though, Schalke are going straight back down. 
let's just go ahead and predict it right now. You don't show up in your opening match of the season and you get smacked like that. Good lord. Like, you had Robert Lewandowski out here doing Rabonas on you. And then the 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 finish from Muller wasn't even his best, and the goalkeeper didn't even bother holding it because I think he had a heart attack on his own way down. I don't know. Like, it was just really fucking weird. Like, when you watch that footage back, it's like, how did you not save that? Still, you got waxed. And these goal, these boys are just scoring goals for fun. I don't know. I think Bayern might have this one sewn up, to be fairly honest with you. And not only do they have this sewn up, but I think they're going to win the treble again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think they... They might do like they might be that damn good. Like, let's just let's kind of hold space for that idea, because Bayern Munich is scary and they're getting scarier all the time. And it's not as if they're running in a Mickey Mouse league or anything like that. Them boys can play some ball. But how are they still winning? I don't get it. I mean, last season, (laughs) last season. okay, it's competitive and everything you want. But like there was no contest last season. Like it was like 82 points and then the next team had like 69. So, I mean, that's also an argument that's like, okay, yeah, it's competitive, but like, how can, I mean, like, okay, yeah, Bayern's good, but like until this past year, they also didn't really do like wonders in Champions League either. So it's also like, yeah, I mean, it's boring. It's boring. They had won the league pretty early on last season or they ended up with like a ton of points. I don't remember how early on they had since clinched it like technically but i don't know it's i see where you're coming from don't get me wrong like that's why i said like prior to the the lockdown measures uh, you know when the pandemic really started to take hold in places not named wuhan province china right like it was it was a weird thing because it was a close race it really was a close race between by like eight and nine clubs and then afterwards when it came back Bayern munich just waxed everybody just like waxed everybody <laughs> don't understand like what happened <clears throat> but i take your point but also to that point liverpool ran away with the league last season and they did not win the champions league. no and they were as boring fact, as fuck after they won the league so that's yeah 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 they just kind of switched off after that i still don't think that they're at i, I don't think they got to a great start like leeds gave them nope. a really good match mm-hmm. but, but um by munich it's showing no rust whatsoever like none I would be terrified of them if I got them in my group in the Champions League, but... I mean, they... To to your point, they literally, you know, traded Thiago to Liverpool and added Leroy Sané, who's healthy, who is playing like he was never injured. So, you know, getting off this train, uh, you know, the Bundesliga, they, they are allowing fans slowly back, still at social distance levels, but they're allowing fans back in the stands. And it's gangbusters out there in Germany. And we'll see how, you know, that league transpires. But going from one, you know, quote unquote, farmer's league to another, (laughs) um, we're going to travel to France and talk a little bit about this PSG situation, particularly as it relates to the significant amount of racism that existed, racism and xenophobia, all rolled into one as it relates to a few players, but in particular, Neymar. Uh, Neymar was sent off recently. They played Olympic Lyon, and he was sent off after a... Uh, I'm sorry, not Olympic Lyon, uh, Marseille. I'm sorry. Um, a uh, Marseille player um, made a messed up... Like, Thank you. Uh, it, it wasn't just messed up. He literally called Neymar a monkey in French. Um, not going to say the player's name because it doesn't. His name doesn't need to be mentioned. That at all. Fuck him. And the fact that the referee for that match decided to penalize Neymar who was racially abused, and not the player who made the remark. Keep in mind, there are no fans in this stadium, so everything that the players say can be reverberated in the stadium. So it's not like he whispered that he was a monkey. He said that out loud and in public. And not only did Neymar hear it, 
but you could hear it on the mics in the stadium. So you can't tell me that Neymar gets penalized and is out for a match, and this guy just gets to walk away scot-free as if, you know, racism is condoned and okay. And to take it another step forward, we're talking about the president of the French Football Federation. or The fascist, the French football fascist, if I may. Correct, yes. Uh, so, so it's still triple F. <laughs> but it, but it's a totally different meaning, and yeah, it, uh, you know, he took it a step further and basically said that the black player, or I'm sorry, he's, he he basically said in his statement that when the black players score, the fans celebrate, and they don't racially abuse the players. And it's like, was he watching? Was he watching Legal last season? So his his point was that racism doesn't exist because fans cheer when black players score, right? This is the president of the French FA, essentially, right? Um, and that comment, in, taken in that context, outside of this event, just on its face, is laughable, right? To anyone. It's like, oh, because people cheer does, means that racism does not exist. I like so while it's true that racism does show its head when black excellence is on display, it's also true that racism is also heavily um, apparent when black players are actually not performing at their best. I, I feel like that's when you see it come come out and and take root and um, flourish when black players aren't doing well. So like, it shows you the context in which the level at which this man's brain operates under, right? Like the level, he, he's not, um, he's not someone who should be in charge of a football federation and definitely his take on, on racism in France. Well, I, and actually let me give, let me pull back a little bit, zoom out a little bit because France is another place that had a very robust, um response this this spring and summer to the uh black lives matter movement and they had very strong protests with local events right local events um that spurred the protest in those areas i want to say adama Traore is the name of someone who was actually killed by police in france and um, was at the root of a lot of the protests that happened in France during that time. France is also one of those countries where they take the colorblind approach to policy, wherein it is banned to collect race data on events. So they don't have an affirmative action. They don't have any opportunity to quantify the disparity between among the races on um, outcomes in the country because it's actually banned by law. And so they've taken this colorblind approach and like, if you're here, you're French or whatever. And, um, and I think that's obviously short-sighted, it's ineffective and it's, you know, playing the ostrich, burying your head in the sand when real life things are happening. And so zooming back into football, your, your FA president tell, says this kind of thing, you expect that, you know, obviously Neymar's, ban, Neymar's red card and ban will be upheld and nothing will happen to the Marseille player and things will move on in a week or two because, you know, racist, white supremacist, patriarchal society, and there you have it. I just want to jump in and say, I, you know, every time this happens, some like billionaire motherfucker comes out to say this colorblind shit it's reminiscent to me of the last men's world cup um where france won and there was that whole narrative of we're all the same look we're celebrating you and it's like okay you celebrate these black people when they win you a world cup but what are you doing when they're dying in the streets right or are you or you're denying them entry into your country um so there's literally nothing more to say than fucking abolish 
billionaire billionaire owners. Burn it all to the motherfucking ground and give us our football back. Give us our football back. It belongs to the people. Okay. And we are tired of your asses because guess what? Again, I've said this weeks in a row. This is not the exception. This is how they all feel, right? They love to pull that card of like, no, we're all equal. Well, so there's no racism here because I don't see it. I don't suffer it. Like, of course you motherfucking don't. All right. So let's bring on the guillotine. Speaking of France. All right. Let's let's honor that French history and bring the guillotines on. That's it. Always hard to follow up with the Supreme, but I do want to make the point about the whole, you know, what we celebrate when black players score. First of all, you're not celebrating the black player scoring. You're celebrating the fact that you scored a goal. That is one of the basic tenets of football, my guy. What the fuck are you talking about? And further to that point, you sound a lot like Sepp Blatter did with the whole handshake business when he was president of FIFA, saying that you could solve racism, essentially, with a handshake completely neglecting the fact that there were historically handshakes made to go ahead and transport black bodies as property. I don't want to hear any more of this platitudinous nonsense when it comes to racism. It's not enough to be non-racist, and I'm definitely channeling Angela Davis when I say this because she said it. It's not enough to be non-racist in a racist society. You must be anti-racist. You have to. You just got to do it. And... If you're going to go ahead and pull the whole Andrew Carnegie school of things where you say that you have responsibility to society because of your wealth and your power, then that means you need to be anti-racist on top of that, bro. Like, if you want to bring about this whole meritocracy, meritocratic society or whatever, like, if you want to really do that, you have to do the work. And if you have more resources than anybody else in a system that prides itself on having finite resources, then you have to do this work. You have to take care of all of us and you have to do so in ways that means that some who have been historically disenfranchised get more equity than others. So don't give me no bullshit about how you're celebrating when a black player scores. It's your team, your team got a goal. That's what you're celebrating first and foremost. That's before you factor in the humanity of the player who scored it. So kiss the blackest part of my ass, French, Football, Federation, Fascista, whatever. Fuck you, okay? All right? Because the same black players that got you a World Cup, you turn around and you justify the racial abuse of them when they're not hitting the the kind of form that won you a World Cup. Don't give me none of that bullshit. And that's all. Prick. It's time. Are you ready? So turn off the lights. Light a candle. It's time. Yikes. For entanglement. FC. <laughs> Neil, these get better and better by the week. Every week. I mean, I just, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to recover to even do entanglement, to be honest. Us out, you bring us out. Like, wow. It is, it's, we're not worthy. We're not. We're not, but we praise you and thank you. Frank Adonis. We are back. We are. Mm. Entanglement FC is back, baby. <laughs> not Shouts the to Teddy the <laughs> Shouts to Slackbot. <laughs> Shout out to Slackbot. <laughs> um, yeah, I know you guys I know you guys miss us so much in between. Um, reach out, reach out to us. Let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah. You know. We're doing yeah. We're just, uh, you know, it's, trying to hit always, all the... It's always nighttime, so, you know... It's um, always nighttime in slide in, slide in a few lewds if you feel, if you feel, feel the need, you know. Always welcome. Slide yeah. right into our DMs. Right into the DMs if you must. You understand? So, yeah. So we're trying to diversify our topics a bit. And uh, we found a pretty good one that's pertinent to mo- many of our overlapping interests. Um... And we hope you'll look it up because it's listen, there's gonna be there's plenty of thirst. I mean, we know we I oh, mean yeah. it's us. Like, I yeah. mean it it come on now. But <laughs> but we're also <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I've said it before. In the beginning there was the thirst. And the thirst was with God. And the thirst was God. Like, you know, it just, you know, or host. Oh my God, yeah. It was the yeah, yeah. 
in the beginning there was the thirst and thirst was with hoes and the thirst was hoes like we're all hoes out here you know you know some of us are you know hoeing on a much grander level than others and i'm sure you guys are just you know paving the way for the rest of us and thank you so much but we have to get into some substance and frank i know frank brought about the mad story about uh nada last yo I'm still positive about that. That shit I know. was crazy. It's, it's it was like we we've talked about it daily since. Um, it's it was good. It's hard to follow it up, but um, today we're going with I guess in a little like more of a substance direction mm-hmm. in terms of maybe breaking some stereotypes mm-hmm. in terms of those types of you know yeah. those things where it's like football is for men. Dancing yeah. is for women, that mm-hmm. sports for men, etc. And our boy Edinson Cavani, who's not had the best time yeah. um at PSG recently, he nope. just decided to spend some time in Uruguay. He did. And we have this very prestigious kind of consortium of um of schools of dance, art, music called Sodre. And he's been taking ballet lessons. Yes. He <laughs> he's been taking ballet lessons and looking beautiful doing it. You should look up these pictures because the man is gazelle-like in this, uh, this ballet situation. Um, and it's just awesome because, again, we have these stereotypes and he's literally like, no. Um, first of all, ballet gives you all sorts of strength and balance in order to make be a better footballer. And... We're out here, right? Who's to say what's for men, what's for women? What is a man? What is a woman? What is gender? You know, all of these things just... Constructs, really. Like, yeah, that's what they are. So when you say that that's what it is, you are referring to the established traditional version of that construct, thus negating the existence of any others, or at least you're dismissing them as if they don't exist, but they quite obviously do. Like... Human humanity is fluid, and speaking of fluid, Cavani's movements, boy, when you see these pictures, I mean, like the grace. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that? Can we talk about the fact that this is this is not a small man, by the way. Um, this is a guy that has basically um, been a football striker for the better part of fifteen years. Um, then mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah, just, and he's just showing some natural. This like he's made of muscle. I mean, yes. the man is just ripped, yes. right? Like, so and it it's coming into yeah. this cold, really. And like, he's already showing potential. Like, at, at least if the, the images are anything to go by. Like, um, he said he had a wonderful experience. He said the experience was incredible, and the dancers explained to him how to do everything. You know, left with a real sense of admiration because he felt like he did it. You know, he did it right, and they were impressed with him and things of that nature. Like this is what it's all about. You understand? Uh-huh. Doesn't doesn't matter. What w- it shouldn't matter, I should say, because obviously with the establishments and schisms that we have, it does. But it shouldn't matter what background you come from to pick up this stuff. And it shouldn't matter that when a man decides to be a ballet dancer, everybody's questioning his quote unquote manhood. Like, yeah, I mean, and he was unapologetically breaking stereotypes like he did the whole I mean, he we know he's got long flowing locks that we very much love, but he did the whole ballet bun. I mean, he was not trying to play any part of it down. He embraced it fully. He's got little kids that he's, you know, trying to raise right in that regard. So, I mean, we have no choice but to stand a king, right? Yeah, we do. We have to. And I love seeing this. The man is just like, okay, didn't go well at PSG. Fuck it, I'm going to do some ballet. Like, hey, you made your money. You've done a job in, you know, in Europe, even including at, you know, PSG where they've needed your goals when they weren't producing them up front. You know, obviously they've got Kylian Mbappe now, so mm. you see how that goes. But, like, it's not to say that you weren't a good footballer. And if you decide to go ahead and play one more season, hopefully in the MLS, please. Oh, yeah. Please. Please come to MLS. Let's start those rumors. Let's say we have a insider info. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I understand. um, What club would he go to, though? That's realistic. Maybe big. I mean, 
It's tough. I mean, a lot of when there were rumors, they were saying Miami just because a lot of, you know, folks from Latin America um, and Uruguay for sure is is part of this, um, you know, are like, okay, Miami, at least it's like the closest to, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like it's Uh the quickest flight out um, Mm -hmm. and you have the beaches and everything. But no, I mean, we know we don't want to see him at Miami. No, because Um, they already have Gonzalo Higuain as well. So that would just be. Yeah, I'm sorry. That would be too much. So you can't afford it. Now you can't afford both them, man. No, get, no. Get Selfishly, I want him at Red Bulls. I, I know would it's love him at I would love yeah, to see him I mean, linking with Manny. Just, that would be dope. Why not? Why not? If let's just you know, If we manifest it, it may come true. You know what? And then he can do ballet at like the Bob Car or something like that. You know? Yes. Let's let's call let's call up Cavani, um, and uh, and tell him what the options are. I love it. See, we give you. <laughs> we don't just get. We don't just give you thirst. We don't just give you tea. We give you Mm-mm. substance, babies. Substance. That's what we do. We're breaking yeah. stereotypes, and yeah. that's really what how entanglement was born, right? So, like, I mean, really? couldn't be more on brand. Couldn't be more on brand. I mean, again, when you have a PhD as your supreme, these things happen. <laughs> so, Sir, good thing there's no all- camera. Listen to all of you haters. You can say what you like, baby. You can say what you like, sweetheart. It doesn't matter. This thing is led by somebody with a what? PhD. Please relax. Just relax. And Just relax. she's gorgeous out here, babes. Oh my goodness. You are out of your league. So you should talk. Just... You should talk. I mean, look at you. I'm stopped. Mm-mm. I mean, the, the two of us combined, really, I don't even know how we have not spontaneously combusted, to be honest, I, together. You know what? You know what? Um, one, one of these days, we'll figure it out. We'll get the scientists in, and they'll do, like, a double-blind study on the whole thing. But <laughs> I, at, at this point in time, you can say what we like, but, you know, we're out here, you know? We are out here. And out we, here. yeah, we can't be stopped. And we won't be stopped. <laughs> uh, bad, was it bad people for life? Because obviously you can't say bad boys for life. That doesn't make sense in this kind of <laughs> bad people sounds bad like we're people. bad people. We'll have to think on this one. We'll we'll get back to you on that one. But yeah. Entanglement, baby. That's what it is. The motherfucking click. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Banter Pub FC. The sauciest team in the game with the spiciest takes on the pitch. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Banter Pub FC. And if you like what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and leave us a review on your favorite platform. For Neil, Franca, Joseph, and myself, Ama, I will see you next time at the pub.